Greetings, everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's free. That's right, Anchor is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Ludicrous Car Review. Now, I won't lie, to be honest, I was debating whether I would do this certain car I'll be reviewing today, either now or waiting to the end of the month for the Ludicrous Car of the Month. Because, well, to be honest, I have certain strong opinions on the vehicle, to say the least. But that being said, seeing as how a certain movie released this um, this month to uh, wide-based fan success, a uh, series that um, has released some of the most famous cars ever built, um, a certain superhero franchise that um, has captured the hearts and minds since the 60s with their vehicle that, well, kicked the whole thing off. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, well, honestly, that's enough hints for now. You'll figure out next week. Anyways, for today, we'll be discussing a little bit of news, and more importantly, a vehicle that, well, unfortunately, I hate to say it, probably was better off dead. Yep, Volkswagen has announced a new bus. That is right, people, the bus returns. Not just any bus, it is the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Get it? Bus. Buzz. Get it? funny comedy yeah no so the bus basically or buzz is um essentially they don't want it to be called a bus let's get that out of the way first they made the joke and pun off of it but they want to think of it less of a bus or a van and more of a people mover yep work it we're getting environment we're getting experimental now folks the fact is is that this thing looks well if you imagine you know, it just looks atrocious. I can't say anything else about it. The fact is, from head to toe, I know some people have some quirky parts of the car, and I do enjoy a good quirky vehicle. Even the old bus, the old bus that uh, existed way from back from the 70s over the 80s. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Volkswagen in general, but that being said, I cannot deny the fact that it had some kind of its nostalgia purpose, and it did, I mean, it represented an era, let's face that fact. Will they ever capture that again? Uh, no, not even close. The fact is, the Volkswagen bus is, um, it's an interesting design, let's just say. So, before we get any further into this, let's review the exterior of the vehicle and go over some uh, power figures, shall we? So, the Volkswagen... As far as um, ex the uh, exterior goes, it is um, interesting, to say the least. Even in their homepage, they say, ask the question, why is this car smiling? Because literally, the front of the car looks like something from the Cars movie. The headlights look like two eyeballs, and the, well, the grill looks like it's smiling at me. Yes, I said grill. This thing has a diamond side grill on the front. Why? I honestly do not know. This is actually 100% electric. There's no reason to have a grill. It's just more of a design feature that, to be honest, is... Um, an interesting choice to say the least. Now taking a closer look at the front of this vehicle, it has the well, most common two-tone paint job. Now mind you, before we get any further, I forgot to mention something very important. You see, this is releasing for the EU markets, and the EU markets are going to be getting it 
probably sometime next year. But for the U.S., we're talking close to 2023, maybe 2024. They won't stick to a solid date. So honestly, we could see a couple years before we even see this vehicle. So to be honest, some people might say, why bother even reviewing it now? Well, why not? Just because it's my first impressions. Because honestly, it needs to be talked about. Because this thing, while the other bus had some quirky features to it, this thing is just... It looks like a clown mobile. Let's just get that out of the way. Yes, the front end looks like it's smiling. It's got the two-tone paint job that shapes into a little smiley face with two little headlights that look like eyeballs. And once again, the Volkswagen symbol looking gigantic on the front and looking like some kind of button nose from some kind of, like I said, the Cars movie atrocity. You look at Fillmore? Yeah, I think a kind of, a bit of that kind of fun fascia. Anyways, this thing seems to have a diamond thing going on in the front of it because even going on the sides of the car, once again, it maintains that flat fascia that the other one has there's one thing interesting i'll get to the front too but there's one thing that i've noticed about the car is a diamond theme i don't know why diamond is their choice honestly i don't think of diamonds when i think of a volkswagen bus but apparently they did because they had these side slats on above by the window why are there side slats there is really no reason it's supposed to do um they said bring back or harken back to the old days when the minjin used to be on the bottom half and they had the vents on the side I think it looks silly to be honest, but I guess cool design feature. And there's diamonds placed on the inside of that too. There's even diamonds on the inside of the mirror when you open the door. You know, the little light up thing that hits the ground? Yep, that's a diamond as well. Why do they choose diamonds? I don't know. It is still beyond me, but it's a theme that carries throughout the entire freaking vehicle. Anyways, what was I going to say about the front again? Oh yeah, it is weird to say the least. Now, the there's like a disconnect between the front of the car and the top of it. You see, they have these pillars. The car kind of slopes down, okay? And just for some reason, they decided to have a part of the front end jutting out the front by a good, looks like another foot, just kind of just stick out flat out and then go back to the curb design. I'm not sure why they possess or what possessed them to do this. You'd have to look up the picture. It just kind of looks weird, almost like the top of the car is separate from the bottom of the car. It is a weird design choice. I'm not sure why they chose it. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't give an excuse for it. Anyways, on um, with the side panel, um, they have the common, well, it looks almost like, um, I don't know, like an awning over the top of it. The entire window is, looks like the glass all the way around the whole vehicle with the way they have the side color panels being all blacked out. It's an interesting design choice. To be honest, I actually, one of the few things in the car I actually don't hate. I think that entire glass thing all the way around kind of does look kind of cool. Yes, I said something nice about this buzz, and that's going to be about the only thing. Anyways, let's get to the back of the vehicle, shall we? And um, while cargo space I hear is really, really nice, because essentially it is a giant curvy box on wheels, you can essentially fit a whole boatload of stuff. Now, the EU version has a two-seater configuration, meaning passengers in the front, obviously the driver and the passenger, and then only a one-row seating, meaning you have an entire second half of a car basically to cram stuff into and uh, since it's a battery obviously there's no axle and there's just a giant flat panel on there you, you could probably fit a, a grand probably fit a piano in there if you really wanted to that this thing could haul it because of well power numbers we'll get to that in a minute but the back end of this car i hate to say it and i know someone might take some flack for this but a direct view from the back almost looks a bit like the old chevy suburbans yeah, I said it. Arian even maybe harkens over to uh, the Ford Expeditions even a little bit. I know some people might have um, some opinions on me for that. But the fact is that it I, I can't get that. Right. The one single light bar across the entire back end just reminds me of it. And just the whole way it's set up, it just, it's, it's a weird design for choice. 
and again, like I said, this is not like a normal Mii van where it's kind of up in the air a little bit or kind of down. This just literally looks like just a giant box, Kirby box on wheels. Essentially what the a giant bread loaf basically is what it was back in the day and it still remains like this to this day. Basically, the side skirts as well, the wheel, it's got a very, very, very long wheelbase. Let's just get that out of the way. It's basically just the wheels on one end of the car, wheels on the other, and the entire side panel is just door frames and obviously the doors slide out so it just looks like you had these giant door panels on the side it almost looks like those old van doors from back in the day and um honestly it's it's not the worst design choice i guess if you're looking for pure comfort um it does look kind of awkward because the um it looks like the front row of seaters the driver and the passenger almost looks like they're sitting a good four or five feet away from the windshield and then you got the front of the car and everything else. It, it's weird looking. If you just sloped it where the normal roof panel would be, to be honest, it looks like you would have literally almost looks like a truck, to be honest. So it, it's kind of awkward looking. I can't deny that from the outside. The two-tone, I guess, harkens back to it. I can't deny that, but it does look rather hideous, especially in some of the color choices I'm seeing online. Anyways, let's get into power figures, shall we? So, keeping with the old Volkswagen theme and the um, vintage feel, this thing is drastically underpowered for its weight. Once again, this is about as aerodynamic as a loaf of bread and weighs about as much as a giant brick. At the end of the day, this thing only packs to the rear axle, only the rear axle on that, a whopping 201 horsepower and 229 feet-pounds of torque. That may sound like a lot, but when you're moving an electric vehicle, there is a lot of weight involved. These things weigh... A good deal and on top of that sticking with the theme as well this gigantic behemoth is limited to a top speed get this of 90 miles an hour there are some freeways in North Dakota that are faster than 90 miles an hour as long as there's no cops nearby the fact is is that this thing is drastically under power its ancestor could only hit 60 miles an hour that was like 50 years ago it's only gone up 30 horsepower that entire time now, granted that 60 miles per hour is if it was going downhill, but honestly, if you're low on power, who knows, maybe that'll be a similar scenario. It is an interesting choice, to be honest. I'm not sure why you choose to underpower this vehicle, but honestly, I guess you're keeping with the Volkswagen theme in that situation. Now, this giant behemoth, and considering how it doesn't clearly have much power draw to these gigantic motors, as they claim, it's estimating around 300 miles of range on a full charge. Again, a wee bit disappointing. 300 miles ain't bad, but considering it's supposed to basically be an economy car, you would think they would focus strictly on getting as much mileage as they could out of a single charge, since they obviously clearly ain't going performance on this giant bread basket. So it's an interesting fact that it can only go 300 miles. I, it might get a little bit better or maybe even get more power numbers going to the U.S., but again, that's going to affect range or vice versa, depending upon which way they go with it. It's an interesting choice, but to be honest... The only interesting fact, I guess, um, to get the 80% charge, it takes about 30 minutes is what they're saying. I guess not bad, but not good either. But with the power numbers out of the way and the exterior review, let's get into the interior of this vehicle, shall we? Now, I won't deny the fact that the interior on this thing does actually look kind of roomy and actually kind of cool in some aspects. Obviously, since you don't have the giant floorboards, it does look like it's got some pretty comfortable looking seats and overall space doesn't look bad. I do notice one major problem in that there's a significant lack of any major storage, but the back seats on the passenger side, before I go any further, does have an interesting thing where it looks like to me 
almost like you know how in the uh, airplanes you have the little fold down back parts well it looks like they have something very similar to that which could honestly be a very cool feature in the vehicle and allow you to get a lot more storage and to be honest it's actually pretty convenient when you're trying to hold a computer in these vehicles that's often a problem i struggle with on long road trips myself as far as the front driving and that and dashboard and all that it's a Volkswagen bus. It's pretty sparse. Literally, the uh, tachometer and all that is just a tiny little screen mounted to the top of the dash. Not my favorite. Along with a, looks like an iPad, mounted to the top of the dash. Not my favorite. Kind of just put there. And the basically, the tachometer is just a tiny little DVD thing. I bet you this thing only reads out your mileage and your horsepower, and that's probably about it. The only other cool feature I have to say about this front end, because there's honestly not much else to talk about, is the fact that it has a interesting charging port now obviously we've seen the ones on the floor but since this doesn't have a center console like normal standard vehicles where it's got a long console on the fire where you can put things in the middle and everything else that's all gone it kind of looks almost like the old pickup trucks back in the day where it's just well looks like a bench seat almost but the problem is is that well, where do you charge your phone well that answer is well you charge it right next to your steering wheel Basically, a charging port is right to the left of the steering wheel by the door, allowing you basically toss it in there and you can pull it right back out. Again, the only interesting thing, I'm not sure why they decided to stick with this kind of cutesy car thing of the guess with it. I guess it's a bus. What are you, what's you going with? In the driver's passenger door, I did notice that um, there's a smiley face. Yeah, they're sticking with the smiley face theme. I don't know why. It's a winky little smiley face that covers up one of the button knobs right by the door latch. I don't ask me. I'm not sure why. I guess overall in the interior, though, I guess it's not hideous. It doesn't look amazing to me. It just meh. It looks like it's got almost like a weird, really long dash in the front of it, which, again, I guess looks odd to me. But overall, what are my opinions on this car? The interior ain't horrible, I guess. It's just bland. Meh. And the exterior of this car is hideous with terrible power numbers. Let's face facts. It's exactly like the old Volkswagen bus. It may have some nostalgia factor, but at the end of the day, it is still a shitty box of bread driving down the road. What else do you want from it? I may take some flack from some of the Volkswagen lovers, and honestly, I can see some of the nostalgia, and even myself, honestly... I see the point behind the old buses, and maybe this will become like that one day too, but for now, it remains a, well, it remains what it is. If they're not going for the bus theme and trying to put it off as more of a people mover, then I have to judge it as a people mover, and it is a horrible people mover. I know people movers that do a much better job and look much better doing it. So overall, not my favorite. Anyways, let's get on to a little bit of news and other information that you could use today, as well as some opinions on the well, global market overall. So, to kick off the, um, well, let's face it, the crummy news this week, because honestly, for the next few weeks, we're probably only going to get crummy news. Inflation. Inflation is affecting people all over the world. Let's face it. You get to the gas pump, it's the highest it's ever been in recorded history. Inflation has reached 7.9%, a 40-year high, and car prices are up 41% this year. That is a lot. Everything is more expensive. Everything costs a hell of a lot more. And to be honest, there's no real solution in sight, obviously. Um, again, like I said, I'm not a political person. I'm not going to ingest that into this podcast. But let's just say that uh, a certain president's individual suggestion just to buy electric vehicles is not even an option, even if we had the money. Let's face facts. You can't find them anywhere. And something I'm going to mention on later is going to make them not just more expensive, but also probably harder to get. 
The fact is, we can't afford to buy electric vehicles. Even if they were, we could afford it. We can't find them. There is no cars anywhere. And the few that are out there, unless you're buying a Chevy Spark, which are everywhere, because let's face it, I mean, yeah, if you have to get an electric vehicle to save money, at least until it explodes or something. The fact is, is that there's no other options. Inflation is going to probably hit the walls for a decent time to come. And hopefully cooler heads prevail and they'll open up a little bit more oil because a lot of this what's happening is oil prices are skyrocketing because of speculation obviously we've cut off our supply to russian oil which is a move related to the war in ukraine not going to get into that really the fact is that with this lack of supply now we're having to outsource it somewhere else well the problem is we're not sourcing it from anywhere unfortunately the president can't seem to call anybody around the world and nobody seems to picking up his calls but if we really wanted to make a change i guess he could open up the pipelines again it wouldn't change any instantly but it would help alleviate a lot of the inflation that we're seeing inflated prices on the oil commodities market because it would make a lot better speculation for the future it would lend up lowering gas prices quite a bit pretty quickly but Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So the only thing I can suggest for you people is maybe it's time to, if you drive a big truck, if you don't want to sell it, maybe it's time to invest in one of those little tuner chips that can add a fuel-saving economy system to the car that makes it even better than the current one in there. Especially if you're driving an older one that doesn't have all that cylinder shut-off system in that. Anyways, I mentioned before about, well, battery prices and everything going up, and why electric cars might be a little bit more struggling to get a hold of certain bits well you see the price of nickel has skyrocketed why does that matter because nickel and a few other components as well are key factors in building electric vehicle batteries and they are skyrocketing obviously due to again situations in um well europe basically lithium batteries nickel everything else like that used to make these things are going up by substantial numbers and that is going to reflect a lot on the cost we also saw rivian in other news jacking up the price of their car by almost ten thousand dollars before they've even really shipped any out obviously this sparked a lot of outrage and a lot of people attempted to cancel the order so they've had to wind that back but the fact is, is that probably going into the future they are going to charge almost 10 grand more for these vehicles than they were originally planning on it that just goes to show the price of things are super inflated at this point and on top of that electric vehicles are going to be the first ones to take those big hits because they use a lot of the components that are taking hits in the economy the fact is, is that this is one of the major flaws again with electric vehicles we like to act like it's pretty easy to make them like they're independent and they're clean but at the end of the day getting a hold of them is just half the battle we're going to explain something else again in the future of just how well, one green thing we thought was helping the environment actually turned out not to be. But the fact is, is that electric vehicles are already super expensive. Most 98% of Americans can't afford them. Even the few that can, honestly, if you got the money, most some of them aren't even bothering. A few people, honestly, are even bothering going back to gas because even if it's expensive, it's easier to get a hold of. At least that's what's going to probably end up happening because, well, honestly, you can't afford $100,000 for an electric car at this point let's face facts what i think we'll probably see more of sales going up in honestly hybrid vehicles hybrid vehicles you don't have to pay the absorbently humongous cost for electric batteries but you also don't have to charge the 150 dollars a day to fill up at the gas tank so honestly that's probably where we'll probably end up going a lot of leafs a lot of cars like that will probably end up going any hybrid vehicles out there will probably get sold quite a bit i imagine that ford maverick now especially if they could make them would be selling like hotcakes at this point hybrid vehicles probably going to be the way to go honestly in the future because honestly batteries are proving to be more and more expensive and more and more of a problem 
again, as I mentioned before, we have obviously a lot of green measures going in, and the president has been pushing for green energy solutions and that. But obviously, some of the green solutions that a lot of people are pushing clearly ain't working. Ethanol. You know how ethanol was supposed to be super better for the environment because it didn't involve mining and all that stuff? And how it was better because it was made from corn, a green substance, and all that stuff? Sure, polluted it the same, but to get it, it didn't cause much damage to the environment. Well, that actually isn't the case. In several studies, U.S. corn-based ethanol has actually found to be worse on climate than just straight gasoline. No ethanol added. Just gasoline is better for the environment than this ethanol mix that the green nut jobs pushed on us back in the day. Ethanol is also, well, corn power is great for combustion and that if you're looking to make some ridiculously OP race car. But the fact is that ethanol is not better for the environment. Now, directly, it does produce a little bit less than gasoline as far as carbon emissions. But the problem is, to make the stuff, it takes and does a lot more so-called damage to the climate than just straight gasoline, which is kind of funny in my opinion. And to be honest, also a little sad. The fact is, is that honestly, do I think there's a green solution out there that doesn't produce any power? No. I mean, batteries still produce emissions. Everything still produces emissions. Obviously, a lot of times the same problems that the other ones did. So overall, is there some grand solution like ethanol or electric batteries that solves this problem? No. We are not going to have renewable energy probably for a good thousands of years, which honestly by that point, according to scientists, in eight years we're already supposed to be on irreversible damage to the climate, so that was the point anyways. We're all gonna die at that point anyways. So the fact is that I mean, honestly, why bother if that's really true? If these green solutions that they're really pushing actually solve the problems, maybe they should look at, as I've mentioned before in other points, maybe you invest in Porsche's biofuel, which sucks carbon right out of the air, converts it into gas, and then puts it back into the air. Wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't that solve the solution? In fact, if they have, if the government put the billions and trillions they did in all this other crap, put it all into that and made that an easy-to-get, quick, and powerful fuel source, every vehicle in the world would instantly become zero emissions. And the funny thing is... Zero emissions, you wouldn't require all the poor people to try to get out and buy $10,000, $100,000 vehicles. But a prime example of this, an individual, um, well, without name, attempted to go out and buy a Fiat Electric. Now, before this whole insanity, he basically was looking at maybe $6,000, $7,000 for an electric vehicle. He was looking to get about five. Well, after this, to get the same models, obviously with more mileage, he's looking at close to $11,000 for most of these cars, even twelve or some. It's insane. The prices are going way through the roof on a lot of these electric vehicles because most people can't get a hold of them anyways. So overall, obviously I have my opinions on green energy that some may not find attractive. But the fact is, is that so many of these green bills I'm just finding, it's just, they don't actually help. If we're looking to help, maybe invest in things that actually work. Yeah, it may not be an immediate solution that everybody can flout around to get a little more political clout, but it's a long-term solution that makes everybody happy. So, maybe get your act together. Like I said, unfortunately, I try not to get into politics too much on this, but I see that this episode's already gone down that path pretty damn far. So, let's get away from that. Far away from that. Way away from that. Business decisions. Business car business decisions. Ford Blue and Ford Model E. Ford is basically breaking up its car divisions into two separate sections. Ford Model E will focus on the electric vehicle side, basically direct delivering cars to customers. A lot of dealership laws around the United States are kind of separated by each individual state. Each individual state then basically 
allocates what dealerships can or cannot do. One of the major things in a lot of states is that most dealerships can't go direct to customer. They have to go through dealerships. Is this ideal? Not really, but there's reasons for that. You can haggle on a dealership. You can't haggle with car prices at the market, but obviously car companies are looking to get rid of that because if they say vehicles, we sell vehicles X to Y to dealerships and then dealerships Y to Z for the cost, basically we sell X for Y and then they sell Y to X. Why not just cut the Y out and just sell it as X to Z instantly and make more money? Obviously, this means that it'll obviously put a lot more strangle on the customer, but obviously because they can just jack up the prices to whatever they want them to be. So the dealership models, well, I'm not a fan of some dealership, a lot of dealerships, most dealerships. The fact is that there's a kind of a reason why they're there. But model, but that doesn't really apply to electric vehicles. A lot of electric vehicles are actually skirting by these laws because there's actually exceptions in the books for electric cars. So basically, Ford's looking to get in on that by separating their company as their own little branch of car groups called Model E to sell Ford electric cars. This will allow them to direct deliver to customers or just do like Tesla does when we will have a showroom with a one or two car advocates in there where they'll talk about the car and then deliver it to you. Ford Blue, on the other hand, will mainly focus on their com internal combustion engines. Basically, the way I look at it is they will focus on selling direct car, providing support for them. So basically, it looks like to me they're breaking it off into Ford Blue and Ford Model E. Obviously, because, well, if uh, government regulations go the way they're going, if you need to cut a certain one or the other, it's a lot easier just to cut off that part of your company than to take a big hit on the main branch itself. So overall, it's an interesting choice. It kind of basically just provides two different dealership groups for two different companies. Blue focus on dealership groups for ICE engines, as they call them, or Ford Model E will focus on electric vehicles and that, like the Mustang Mach-E and the Ford Lightning. Now, dealerships will still get the Ford Lightning and all of them for a few more years now, but it's a long-term game that you see Ford playing to get probably valued a bit more like Tesla. Anyways, that's all I got for news. I apologize, I got a little political there in the middle, but honestly, I couldn't talk about the stuff I was going to without having to get into it a little bit. Again, I'm not sharing my political leanings on anybody on anything because, well, none of my business, none of your business. Honestly, I don't care enough about it to even bother. So anyways... I thank you all for listening. Um, I don't really have an update on... I mentioned the last podcast I may be getting to uh, buying a certain car, a 442 that I've been looking at online. But honestly, with the car prices and the um, gasoline prices the way they are, if they don't stabilize soon, I don't know if I'm going to be able to or afford it. I ain't that rich enough that I can fill up $100 of gas on tank or... Um, sorry about that. Anyways, fill in a um, tank of gas for 100 bucks. So, honestly, that little dream of mine might be on hold for the time being. I'll update you if, uh, hope maybe next episode, maybe the next episode after that, on uh, what I decide to do. Anyways, next up, we have, obviously, as I mentioned before, the Ludicrous Car of the Month. Obviously, focusing on a certain movie genre for a certain individual. That rhymes with the word cat. And, um... The movie does include a person who likes to dress as a cat, and um, including a bird and uh, certain elements in a gothic element. Uh, yeah, no, we're gonna, uh, you know, I'm just we're reviewing the Batmobile people. We're gonna be talking about uh, the Batmobile, the new Batmobile coming out because I honestly went to go see Batman, and while I was leery of the new Batmobile, I actually kind of fell in love with it. It's got some. Is it look exactly like a 
Bat Batmobile, no, but it does have some really cool design elements that I think it's worth mentioning. So we're going to go through next week, and we're going to talk some small history about the Batmobile, what the new Batmobile is like, and my impressions and opinions on it. So anyways, look forward to that batty episode. Thank you all for listening to my insanity. Please like and subscribe. Thank you, and have a great day and a wonderful night. Goodbye.